On today's episode, I'm going to share with you five big ideas for 2019 when it comes to real estate market in Toronto and investing. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is 2019. This is the first podcast of 2019 for the True Condos Podcast. Thank you again for listening. It's a new year. Hard to believe that we started this little show back in 2014, and here we are in 2019. So once again, thank you very much for the show. If you're new to the show, thanks for being here. Make sure you check out some of the past episodes to get a flavor of what we're all about here. I think you're going to find a lot of value in um, the back catalog there if you're interested in condo investing or real estate investing in general. Glad to have you here. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you have not yet left us a review or a rating on iTunes, would greatly appreciate if you did that. It really helps get the word out about the show. So thank you so much. And if you like the show, if you could share it with somebody that you know, somebody else who maybe is interested in real estate investing, would really appreciate that as well. So I want to talk to you as we are jumping into the new year. Um, obviously, it's a time of year where we look back, we look forward, we wonder what's ahead, we wonder what just happened, or some people just wonder what's going on at all. But uh, so always want to be st- thinking strategically and thinking what uh, what can we expect for this year. I have a few thoughts for you wanted to share. So here are my five big ideas for 2019 with respect to the condo market in Toronto and investing in real estate. Number one is this pent-up demand, pent-up demand that is growing, that is lurking in the background that not many people are talking about, but I believe it is a huge issue um, and it's something that's going to really affect our real estate market, not just this year, but for the many years to come. So what I mean by that, and something I've been tweeting a lot about over the past year as well, uh, it's a theme that I keep coming back to with people and helping people understand you know, what is happening in the market. If you look at the level of sales that happened in 2018, the total volume of sales, so looking at the, the resale market in Toronto, um, the volume of activity in the market is down dramatically from what it was at the peak of 2016. So the level that we were at in 2018 was the lowest level of total number of transactions uh, since 2008. Of course, 2008 was the year that the Great Recession hit. Uh, 2007 was something of a peak year, and then we went into 2008, the recession hit, and it was a major down year. 2008 was, you know, it was a very bad year. And so we're at a level just a little bit above where we were way back in 2008. And so on the surface, that is not a good thing. And on the surface, that would tell you something is is really wrong or different about the market if if we're at the same level where we were at a, you know, a recession year. But the bigger picture here, and, and again, this is something that people are just not thinking about is we have added to this region, to, to the GTA, we've added approximately a million people since 2008. So we have a million more people living in the GTA. Population has grown, you know, by roughly, you say, call it 20% or so. 
The population has grown by 20% since the since 2008 in the GTA, and yet we have around the same level of real estate transactions occurring. So you would expect naturally uh, that the number of transactions would be approximately, give or take, um, you know, around 20% higher, but we're at a, a similar level. So that is a huge number. We're, we're in a situation, and so why is this happening again? The, the main reason why this is happening is the stress test. The stress test, um, well, two things. One is we're coming off of, uh, you know, obviously a, a bubble sort of period in the, in the overall resale market in 2016 where prices just went out of control for a short period of time. And so we're coming down off of that. We're sort of the hangover period after that. We're still recovering from that. But the bigger reason is the stress test and the fact that uh, the government is essentially forcing people who want to buy, saying to them, no, you can't buy. They're, so they are creating this pent-up demand, this forced demand, forcing that demand to the sidelines, saying, no, you could buy before. We're saying, no, you cannot buy now. So it's artificially restricting the number of transactions that could otherwise have taken place. Um, and this problem is just getting worse and worse as our population is growing. So our population today is about 100,000 people more than it was a year ago. So we've added another 100,000 people, but we're, you know, every day we're adding people, but we're restricting. Uh, and then the number of transactions that are taking place are being restricted. So this problem of pent-up demand, as I call it, is getting bigger and bigger as more and more people are being added to the market but people are not able to purchase primarily because of the stress test. So where does this pent-up demand go is the, is the next question. It has to go somewhere. These people are coming in. Well, naturally, a lot of that is going into the rental market. So if you can't buy, you still got to live somewhere, you rent. And so the rental market is benefiting from the struggles of the resale market, so to speak. So that's partly why... Uh, reason why we are seeing such huge growth continually more than two years now of double digit rental growth in the condo market it's absolutely been an incredible run if you are somebody who bought real estate before 2016 if you bought a condo before 2016 especially you are you have done very very well and your rental rates have risen dramatically uh, that is assuming your tenant has moved out sometime in the last couple of years because we have rent control, of course, as well. So if you have the same tenant from two, say 2015 till today, the rent that they're paying you is dramatically under the current market value. And you're not too happy about that as well. Um, talking about rent control. So what's going to happen with all this pent up demand? Where is it going to go? Well, it's going to continue to go into the rental market. But at some point, I mean... People want what they want. Like not everybody wants to rent. People are, are looking for ways and they will find ways to purchase, whether that be through private mortgages and other ways. So we're starting to see a growing number of voices from within the real estate industry and from without the real estate industry starting to call for the government to either get rid of the stress test or to at least um, scale it back instead of being, say, some people are proposing, okay, instead of it being 200 basis points, 2% higher than the current rate, well, what if we knocked it down to just one percentage point higher? That would certainly open the doors for a lot more buyers to come into the market. 
which would help help a market out, which again is sitting at the lowest level of sales since 2008 uh, recession year. So something's got to give there. So that is a major theme and thing that I'm going to, I'm going to be watching and interested to see how that plays out in 2019. That's the first one. Number two, the second big idea for 2019 is that I believe interest rates will actually come down in 2019. Yes, not up, but down. So just as recently as 90 days ago in late 2018, every expert you talked to was calling for higher interest rates and not just a little bit higher, but significantly higher over the next you know year or so. They were predicting three or four rate increases and the increases are, are 25 basis points at a time. They're, most people were predicting three or four of those in 2019. Now, if you ask the experts and the people who uh, track these sorts of things, they're basically saying, no interest rate increases in 2019. And a few people are saying interest rates will actually be decreased in 2019. So I personally, as of this moment, recording this podcast today, of course, these things change all the time. But as of this moment, I would be on the side of the fence saying interest rates are going down in 2019. There's just so much down, uh, uh, negative news in the economy, so many worries of a potential recession hitting. Um, the reality is that, you know, while the economy overall is not doing terrible, there's still a lot of storm clouds on the horizon. There's still a lot of uncertainty. We're still in a very slow growth mode. Yes, we are growing as Benjamin Tao said, and I talked about on previous podcasts recently. Um, you know, yes, we're growing. Yes, the economy is growing, but it's growing at a very slow rate, the slowest rate that it really um, has grown at in a long time. So again, I think that from where I see it, I think interest rates are actually going down. So again, like the lesson here for the investor is, you know, so many people, not, well, not granted, not a ton of people, but I've had many conversations over the last number of years where people are not investing in real estate because they are fearful that interest rates are going up and, you know, that's going to just kill their investment. They're going to go from, you know, a hundred bucks a month cash flow to minus a hundred bucks a month or whatever it might be, the, the calculations they do in their head, these doomsday scenarios, and they think, no, that's why I'm not going to buy or no, Andrew, I'm not going to buy pre-construction because there's so much uncertainty. You know, the, I don't know what interest rate I'm going to get. I can't lock in today's rate for four years. Right. So again, I've been hearing this for 10 years now, 10, 11, 12 years, even interest rates have been low for a very long time. It's my belief that interest rates will continue to be low for a very long time. We have dug a major hole by creating this cheap money scenario. And we're going to be down in this hole, I believe, for a very long time. Um, again, my personal belief is we could be here for decades. You know, that's obviously on the extreme end of things. Um, and, uh, you know, you talk to 10 different economists and 10 different people who, who study these things are going to give you 10 different answers. Sure. Interest rates may go up, but look, look what has just happened here. Like our economy uh, by some measures is the best it's been, you know, ever, you know, you see the stock market soaring, you see unemployment numbers, uh, dropping, you know, and, and yet here we are, we just raise interest rates like three times 
not even 1%. And, you know, everybody is crapping their pants and scared that the whole thing's going to fall apart. Like, and people are still out there saying, you know, we're going to get interest rates back up to the good old days where it's seven, eight percent and this kind of thing. It's like, come on, that, that it's just crazy. We, we're in this, we're in this pit of low, cheap, free money. And it's going to take us perhaps as many, you know, as much as like a generation to get out of it. Or we might just be, you know, low interest rates. uh, And these kind of low, low levels just might be the new normal for decades and decades to come. Nobody knows, of course, for sure. That's, that's just how I see it, in my opinion, on the thing after observing this for the past 10 or 12 years. Um, But again, I always remind people on the flip side, look, if interest rates do go up significantly, you know, from, you know, three, four percent, if they go up to six, seven, eight percent, where some people are saying, you know, they, they should be, quote unquote, should be the natural levels or whatever, you know, terminology people want to use as if there's some God of interest rates out there that dictates it must be a certain way. Um, (laughs) You know, even if they do go up to those levels, again, I always point out to people, this is a good thing. Rising interest rates is a good thing. The reason why uh, the central banks would raise interest rates significantly like that would be because the economy is flying off the handles. The economy is growing and inflation is growing at very high levels. Again, that is a good thing. We want the economy to grow. We want more wealth to be created. We want things to become more expensive uh, because that shows that what we're doing is working and that more money and more wealth is being created. Uh, That's a positive thing for the economy. Rising interest rates is a lagging indicator telling us that the economy is doing good, right? So again, if the economy is doing good, you know, recessions don't happen. Real estate crashes don't happen. It's a good thing for us as real estate investors. All things being equal, as real estate investors, yes, we kind of like interest rates to go down, cheaper money, because we we can uh, finance properties cheaper. We can get better cash flow on our properties. Yes, we kind of like that. It's, It's tempting to fall into that thinking. Sure. But really, all things being equal, we should be cheering on and hoping and, and dreaming that interest rates will go higher, uh, much higher, because that indicates, again, the economy is getting stronger, that more people have higher paying jobs, that wages are going up, that people can afford to pay us higher rents, and so on. Um, so, you know, again, as the investor, if you own the asset, you win either way. If interest rates are going down, if interest rates are going up, If you own the asset, you win either way. Either prices go up or rents go up or both, you're going to win either way. Of course, uh, the exception being if there is a major economic recession or crash, we don't want to see that. But again, there's there's nothing to indicate that that um, is on the horizon at any, uh, you know, in 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 the very near future. So, uh, getting off track here a little bit, let's get back on the tracks before we go too far off and bring you to point number three, big idea for 2019, that is rental rates. Where are rental rates going? There's a lot of talk in, in the news this week um, as a time of recording this podcast about predictions for the rental market in 2019. And uh, rentals.ca and Ben Myers did a report 
and they're getting tons of airplay on that from the major media because they're coming out and saying their prediction is that rental rates in Toronto will increase this year by 11%. 11% is a huge increase, but believe it or not, it's actually um, in line with the increases in the rental market from the past two years. So basically they're saying more of the same. Rental uh, market is continues to be dramatically undersupplied. Um, and we talked about that earlier and reasons for that and all the pressure that is being put on the rental market because of the stress test. But the key thing that um, whether the rental rate, you know, whether the, it's going to go up 11% or some other number that's, you know, maybe smaller than that, I think you talk to any expert, urbanation, and anybody who's tracking this stuff, everyone agrees that rental rates are going to go up this year again. Rental rates are not going to go down. Um, even though rental rates have increased dramatically over the past 24, 36 months, everybody still agrees that they're going to go up. So it's just a matter of are they going to go up big or are they going to go up small? Um, are they going to go, you know, go up, you know, four or five percent? Are they going to go up, uh, you know, 10, 11 percent? Well, it's, you know, it, either way, it's good news for us as landlords. Um, and everyone agrees that rates are going up and they're going to go up more than normal. If normal levels is sort of around that two, 3% inflationary sort of levels, which was the normal rental rate sort of increases before the last couple of years. Um, everyone agrees they're going up a lot more than that. So the key thing that I'm watching here in 2019 is the New supply, the new supply being added to the market this year. Urbanation is predicting that a um, potentially a record year for the amount of new supply being added to the market at the condo market. So that's something to watch. If we have a record number of new units completing this year, buildings finishing, people getting their keys and occupancy happening, that would seem to indicate that uh, that would be a downward uh, force on the rate of rental increases. If we've got a large number of buildings all completing, uh, they're saying, I, I believe they're saying around 20,000 units or so, hoping to have them on the podcast soon to talk more about it. But uh, I believe they're predicting somewhere around 20,000 or so. Now, the problem with predicting how many units are coming onto the market in a given year is that construction timelines are very difficult to predict. So um, there's always delays and things, so it's hard to say what the actual number is going to be this year. Every year, you know, the trend is it's, it's supposed to be some number, and then by the end of the year, the number is always, you know, generally speaking, less than whatever that number was. There's always delays, and things always take longer than we expect. But that is something to watch for in 2019, is how many new units actually complete, where we're typically, you know, in the 15 uh, to 18,000 sort of range. If we get above 20,000, then that is, um, that is, uh, significantly more than what we typically get and what we've gotten in the past couple of years. So if we get that increase of new supply, then a lot of those units turn into rental units. And in theory, that would put some, uh, cool water on these crazy high rental increases that we have been seeing. But again, this is just one year. We're, of course, looking at the bigger picture, what happens after 2019, 2020, and beyond as real estate investors. And the story continues to be, the theme continues to be dramatically undersupplied market. So we do continue to expect big rental increases in Toronto over the next five years. Number four, big idea for 2019 is 
prices. Where are prices going to go? Everybody wants to hear about that and wondering what my opinion is on that. Well, if you are, um, I have some, I have a secret crystal ball that's not really a secret, and it I look into this crystal ball whenever I want to know where prices are going up, down, or sideways. And the crystal ball, as some of you may know from listening to this podcast over the years, it's called the sales to listing ratio. And when you look at the sales to listing ratio, it gives you an idea of how many sales are taking place in a given month versus how many actual listings are available in that given month. And when you track that ratio over time, it gives you a very clear picture of what direction prices are going. There's a very strong correlation between the sales to listing ratio and the appreciation, the price appreciation. So um, when I look at that number for the last few months from you know October, November, December, and the res- we're talking about in the resale market, it's the sales to listing ratio is still extremely high. It's still much higher, way higher than it typically is. Um, which is explaining why prices continue to rise. So most recently in December, I think the number was around 64% for downtown condo market. So again, the typical uh, typical number we would see in the month of December would be around 30%. And so we're at 64%, more than double that. The, the range that we've been in is in the 60s and 70s for the past you know year or so, and we've seen prices go up by double-digit amounts in the past year or so. So my crystal ball is telling me that over the short term, over the next few months, we do expect prices to continue to rise much higher than typical. You know, if the typical rate of, of increases is 4, 5, 6%, then we're expecting them to rise a lot more than that over the next few months. What will happen beyond the next few months? Impossible to say. Our crystal ball does not project out that far, but uh, it is good for looking at the short term. So in my opinion, I do think prices will rise uh, in 2019. I think that prices will rise at a slower pace than they have risen in, say, 2017, 2018. Uh, but I do think it's pretty clear from all the numbers and all the data and, and the, what we're seeing in the market that prices will continue to rise at a higher than normal clip rate uh, looking into 2019. Number five, the last big idea that I want to share with you for 2019 is the theme of being priced out of Toronto. So more and more investors are going to continue to be priced out of Toronto and looking at other markets to invest in. This was a huge theme, as you know, uh, from 2018, with prices just, you know, again, back in 2014, 2015, if you're an investor and you call me and you say, Andrew, uh, I've been listening to your podcast and reading your stuff online, and I want to invest in a condo. Thank you for um, your help so far. Let's take it to the next step. This is what happens every day. And if you're out there listening, you can, you can reach me anytime. Andrew at truecondos.com. Call me 416-371-2333. So, um, you know, again, back in those, you know, five years ago, it's like, okay, we, we have plenty of great condos downtown between 200 and $300,000. There's lots of great options out there. Um, 
if you want to go up to say 400,000, you know, even better, you, you get all sorts of other opportunities opened up to you even, even, even better. But now today, um, if you're reaching out to me, uh, it's a very different reality. Prices have risen dramatically. The entry level point in downtown Toronto now is about $550,000, 550. So you need around $100,000 to make the deposits for a entry level into downtown Toronto condo market. So if you have $100,000 or more, continue to invest downtown Toronto. It's going to always be the best place to put your money over the long term. Keep it up. If you've been investing, keep reinvesting and refinancing those properties and keep buying in Toronto. But if you're a new investor or if you're looking to grow your portfolio and you just don't have the resources and capital available to get into units that are $550,000 and higher, what are you going to do in 2019? Well, you're going to do what you, what you continued to do in 2018, which is more and more investors looking at other markets that are poised for growth. I did a big video on this. Uh, if you're interested, you can, uh, you can check that out on truecondos.com about being priced out of Toronto. Just Google that on, just put that in the search bar, priced out of Toronto. I'll include a link to it in the show notes for this episode as well. Show notes you can find at truecondos.com slash podcast. But again, markets that we're, we're keen on, that we're, we're big on outside of Toronto would be downtown Hamilton, downtown Ottawa, downtown Kitchener. Those would be the three markets um, to look at in 2019. And certainly we'll have opportunities there for you, the investor, to look at somebody who doesn't have $100,000. Maybe you have $50,000 and you're saying, where can I invest? Well, we've got great options for you, um, just not in downtown Toronto. That's just a reality of the market today. But again, if you have the resources, if you have the means, continue to put that money primarily in downtown Toronto. But um, if you're looking to diversify or if you're looking for something more affordable, those would be the markets that I would key in on again in 2019, downtown Hamilton, downtown uh, Ottawa, and downtown Kitchener. Okay. There you have it. That is the end of the podcast for now. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to 2019. I hope it's a great, great year for you. Hope you um, achieve your goals and do great things this year. And if you're new to real estate investing, I hope this is the year that you jump in and get started. If you are an existing investor, I hope this is the year that you make even smarter and better decisions to build your portfolio and grow your wealth than you ever have before. And I hope to be able to help you do that. So until next time, have a great week, happy investing, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.